Welcome back to Spoonful of Sugar. Today's episode on skin cancers is hosted by Julia May, a third-year medical student at the University of Illinois at Chicago College of Medicine. Hope you enjoy. Hello, future physicians. Thanks for tuning in to Spoonful of Sugar, a podcast made for medical students by medical students to help the medicine go down. My name is Julia May, and I'm a third-year medical student at the University of Illinois at Chicago College of Medicine. I'll be your host today. Today, I'll be leading you through a topic that has likely impacted someone in your life, the feared complication of one too many sunny days at the beach, and the most common type of cancer diagnosed in the United States each year, skin cancer. The diagnosis and treatment of skin cancer is a topic that I'm passionate about, and I'm applying to dermatology residency this fall with hopes of pursuing oncodermatology. During step one prep, my classmates and the students that I tutor always rant about how confusing the skin lesion questions were. What's a seborrheic keratosis? And how is that different from seborrheic dermatitis? These questions can definitely be tricky to approach, and even more so if the question doesn't include a picture of the lesion. Today, I'm going to walk you through some common skin cancer-related presentations and include some tips and tricks that I use to help others approach these questions and one day a patient you may encounter. All right, let's get started. Today, you're shadowing a dermatologist. As is so typical in dermatology, it's a very busy day and there's already six patients in the waiting room. All of them are worried that they may have a skin cancer. The dermatologist asks you a few introductory questions. What is the most common form of skin cancer diagnosed? The most common form of skin cancer is a basal cell carcinoma. What are the other main forms of skin cancer? The other commonly tested types of skin cancer are squamous cell carcinoma and melanoma. We'll discuss all of these today. What are the main layers of the skin? There are two main layers of the skin, the superficial epidermis and the underlying dermis, which are separated by the dermal epidermal junction. What are the layers of the epidermis? I remember this by come let's get sunburned, which I definitely don't recommend doing. From superficial to deep, that stands for stratum corneum, lecidum, granulosum, spinosum, and basale. All right, now that we have the foundational knowledge, let's go see some patients. You enter the first room with the physician, where the patient is concerned that they may have a skin cancer on their face. The dermatologist hands you his dermatoscope, a microscope light used to evaluate skin lesions in clinic. On exam, you see a pearly pink lesion with telangiectasias and rolled borders. What is the likely diagnosis? Pearly pink papule, telangiectasias, and rolled borders are all buzzwords for basal cell carcinomas. Basal cell carcinomas, which we discussed are the most common form of skin cancer, are commonly found on the face, specifically above the upper lip. What is the gold standard for diagnosing skin cancers such as this? 
While oftentimes you can suspect a diagnosis from dermoscopy and clinical evaluation alone, the gold standard of diagnosis is an excisional biopsy followed by histopathology. What would histology of a basal cell carcinoma show? Think of the name, basal cell carcinoma. Histology will show nests of basaloid cells in the dermis and basophilic palisading nuclei. What is the treatment for this lesion? A surgical excision to completely remove the lesion is typically the gold standard. However, given that the lesion is on the face, a technique called Mohs micrographic surgery is often used. In this technique, the lesion is removed in thin layers and is then examined under the microscope for each layer. The process is repeated until the margins are negative, thereby taking the least possible skin. This is very advantageous for sensitive areas such as the face or for high-risk lesions. The cure rates are excellent, between 97 to 99%. All right, on to our next patient. This patient is a 65-year-old woman with a large, irregular-shaped lesion on her back. It has several colors with light to dark brown areas and a central black spot. It appears stuck on and waxy. She denies a family history of skin cancer, but does say that her father had some similar appearing spots to this. What is the diagnosis? This is a tough one, but this is actually likely something called a seborrheic keratosis. This is not to be confused with seborrheic dermatitis, which is dandruff. Seborrheic keratoses are benign lesions in what my previous mentor called wisdom spots. They come with age. What is the treatment for seborrheic keratoses? There's no treatment necessary, but sometimes they can get itchy or bothersome, so liquid nitrogen can be used. Now, there is one exception to the completely benign designation for seborrheic keratoses. What if a patient presents with many of these lesions that came on suddenly? You should think of the lesser chalot sign. This may indicate an underlying malignancy, such as GI or lymphoid etiology. Now, some of you may have thought, lesions of multiple colors, irregular borders, I thought that'd be a melanoma for sure. That's great clinical suspicion to have. These lesions can be really easily confused with each other, and that can be dangerous given the severity of melanoma. We'll go through some tips and tricks to differentiate these two lesions later on in the podcast. Okay, our next patient has a chief complaint of a spot that won't heal on her lower lip. When looking with your dermatoscope, you see an ulcerated lesion with a crusted center. What is the likely diagnosis? This is likely a squamous cell carcinoma, the second most common type of skin cancer. Buzzwords that should lead you toward this are location on the lower lip, as well as an ulcerated or crusted lesion. A shave biopsy is done on the lesion. What would pathology show? This one will be helpful for squamous cells of all types, not just the skin. Histology will show characteristic keratin pearls with invasion into the dermis. What is a precursor to a squamous cell carcinoma called? 
Some squamous cell carcinomas form out of something called an actinic keratosis. This is a red or pink plaque with a superficial scale. Not all squamous cells develop from actinic keratosis, but we can stop a progression if you see an actinic keratosis by treating it with liquid nitrogen. What is the treatment for a squamous cell carcinoma? As typical, we would remove this with a wide local excision. However, SECs can be invasive and rarely metastasize, which is a key treatment note that is different from basal cell carcinomas. What is a unique risk factor that predisposes a patient to a squamous cell carcinoma? Patients who are immunosuppressed may be more prone to squamous cells. They can also form following ionizing radiation or in a prior scar or burn. Okay, it's time to see our last patient. You meet a 30-year-old man who is concerned about a spot on his back. It appeared within the last few years and he's noticed that it started to grow. He is an avid golfer and admits to not wearing sunscreen when out on the course. On dermoscopy, you see a macule with irregular borders and multiple shades of light and dark brown. What is the likely diagnosis? Now this is suspicious for melanoma. Melanoma is the deadliest form of skin cancer. It is commonly found on sun-exposed skin but it can be found on the palms, the soles of the feet, under the nail, and even in the eye. What is the embryonic origin of melanocytes? Melanocytes are of neural crest origin. What are the criteria commonly used when evaluating a lesion for potential melanoma? Think of the ABCDE criteria, which stands for asymmetric, border irregularity, color variation, diameter greater than six millimeters, or as I sometimes say, a pencil eraser, and evolution over time. These can help compare melanoma suspicious lesions to other pigmented lesions that may be of benign nature. What is the key indicator of prognosis for melanoma? For melanoma prognosis, we look to something called Breslau thickness. This is essentially the depth at which the melanoma invades to. Melanoma in situ, which is localized to the epidermis, is the most favorable, but deeper progression is associated with more invasive disease. What are the common places of metastasis of melanoma? Melanoma can commonly metastasize to the brain, lungs, liver, bones, and intestines. What does histology show for biopsy of melanoma? Think of your typical histology signs for cancer. Hyperchromatic, large nuclei, irregular nucleus shape, and architectural disarray. These will be focused on the melanocytes. You may also see irregular nests of melanocytes that appear in varying sizes. What is the tumor marker for melanoma? Melanoma is positive for S100, as it is of neural crest derivative. What is the treatment for melanoma? 
Melanoma is also removed via a wide local excision. However, given its ability to metastasize, patients will sometimes need to have something called a sentinel lymph node biopsy, and this will determine if it's spread to nearby lymph nodes. There are also certain drugs that are indicated for metastatic melanoma, many of which are focused on BRAF, as some melanomas form via BRAF kinase activating mutation. One example is vemurafenib, a BRAF kinase inhibitor. So how can we differentiate melanoma from seborrheic keratoses, which have two entirely different prognoses? I recommend my students think about it in a few different ways. First, the feel. Melanomas will tend to be smooth, while seborrheic keratoses have a raised, stuck-on look. Remember, that buzzword for the exam will be stuck on because it looks raised and like someone just put it on the body. It also might have a waxy appearance. However, both of them can have those multiple shades of brown in irregular borders. Second, number. Melanomas will be the ugly duckling lesion among other spots in that it doesn't look like the others. A patient will usually have multiple seborrheic keratoses. If someone's presenting with the chief complaint of multiple lesions, think seborrheic keratoses. Third, age. Melanoma can occur at any age, but most commonly occurs in ages 40 to 60. But seborrheic keratoses don't typically appear until after 50. So think older patients, seborrheic keratoses, middle to younger age patients, melanoma, but again, there can be some crossover here. History. Family history of melanoma or seborrheic keratoses can be helpful with diagnosis. Also, history of sun exposure can help classify this patient's risk for melanoma. All these tips aside, clinical judgment and sometimes biopsy will be needed to differentiate these lesions. All right, we've talked about a lot of different lesions today. What is the main risk factor for all the types of skin cancer that we've discussed? You got it, sun exposure. Wear your sunscreen, be careful with being outside, and make sure to counsel your patients on this. Many of these skin cancers can be prevented with safe sun techniques. To summarize what we've discussed today, skin cancer is the most common type of cancer diagnosed in the United States each year. When approaching these questions on the exam, I recommend taking an approach that starts with pigmented versus non-pigmented. Your pigmented lesions are typically gonna be your melanomas, your seborrheic keratoses, and your benign moles. Your non-pigmented lesions are going to be your basal cells and your squamous cells. Note that you can have pigmented versions of these, but for the purpose of the exam, they'll likely keep it simple. Buzzwords is the second thing to think of. For basal cells, think pink, pearly papules, telandrectasias, and rolled borders. Squamous cells carcinomas tend to be more ulcerated, and they'll have keratin pearls on histology. Think of your A, B, C, D, E's for melanoma, and your waxy, stuck-on appearance for seborrheic keratoses. Next, think of age. Older patients, maybe think seborrheic keratoses. Younger patients, 
may be more likely skin cancer, specifically melanoma. And lastly, think one versus many. A patient's likely to have many benign moles, many seborrheic keratoses, but only one melanoma, one basal cell, and one squamous cell. Thank you so much for listening today. If you found this episode helpful, please consider subscribing to our podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, visit our website at spoonfulofsugar.org and post them under the link for this episode. Good luck with studying, and remember that if you ever have an SOS moment while studying, Spoonful of Sugar is always here to help the medicine go down.